Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for On the Money, presented by Embassy National Bank. Hi, everybody. This is Joe Moss, uh, moderator of On the Money, brought to you by Embassy National Bank. And uh, we're, we're uh, here for our weekly show to cover topics that will help you as a small business person uh, better manage your business and be successful. And today, uh, we're going to talk about probably the most important asset that you have as a company. We're going to talk about human resource management. And uh, we have joining us today Matthew White, uh, who is with Talent Quest, a local, uh, very successful local company here, here in Atlanta. And uh, so, Matthew, why don't you welcome today. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. And um, why don't you talk a little bit about Talent Quest and what you all do? Well, uh, for over the last 40 years, Talent Quest has delivered excellence in both talent management software and HCM consulting services, um, HCM being human capital management. Uh, unlike traditional talent management suite providers that offer poor integration and inadequate consulting services, uh, we believe that custom talent technology and consulting are key drivers for successfully integrated talent strategies and processes. If you try asking any of our competitors out there how they would be able to do this, most would refer, refer you to one of their partners. Uh, this is something we can do completely across the board in our entire organization. Um, we've worked to develop and design solutions that are authentic and unique to the individual business goals of the companies we work with, and it's our pleasure to do so here from Atlanta. Well, good, good. And uh, uh, just to let everybody know, at Embassy National Bank, we are a client of TalentQuest, and uh, we've used their services um, on and off for the last four or five years, and we've, quite frankly, been very, very pleased with the service and uh, continue to use them. So I'll put that little uh, recommendation out there. Thank you. Um, the name of your company, I think, is excellent. Why don't you talk about how that name came to be? Well, so I will tell you first off that when the um, average person, I guess you'd say, here's, here's the name Talent Quest, they think that we are either a staffing service or we work to hire actors and actresses. Um, we get that quite often. Uh, the reality is, is that uh, the way we see it is that finding top talent within your organization is a quest. It is something that uh, can have some curving roads and you might go through a, a few rough patches to get there. But to be able to find that top talent and uh, being able to have the right individuals, uh, there's the old cliche, having the right people on the bus, um, that's fine. But we want to make sure that we help you have those people in the right seat. And so it's, it really is being able to find um, the, the top talent is, is really what's important to us. And then holding on to them and being able to uh, manage them through the life cycle of the employee. That's a good phrase. On the bus and on the right seat. Because sometimes I felt like I've been on the bus, but I wasn't really sure whether I was sitting in the right seat. And I'm sure there are people out there today that feel the same way. Um, in today's world where you, gosh, you're so litigation-prone in HR, how, do you, how are you able to distinguish without getting into trouble like that? I mean, because we, we do have to highlight our performers and try to take care of them. So how do you do that and stay, and, and stay uh, litigation-proof, I guess I should say? Well, the reality is, is that uh, for what the, the platform that TalentQuest provides, that is what's going to give you the, the best resources when it comes to a uh, potential issue, whether that's uh, legally 
or if you have certain compliance issues, uh, what we're able to do is by automating the process that companies have to deal with, um, it really keeps you on a consistent, even playing field across your organization. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't segment out based upon the needs of the specific employee or even the group of employees, um, but making sure that you have certain things like your performance appraisal uh, system in place and that it is clear and concise, uh, making sure that uh, the type of training that you provide through a learning management system um, is clear and concise and consistent. Um, these are things that if anything does come up, it provides you with that uh, automated paper trail to make sure that you are uh, falling in line with uh, not only your corporate culture, but more importantly, what's required of you. Um, and I'm really impressed with your, the process that you use. And before we get into that, let's just talk about some of the issues out there. Mm-hmm. What do you see out there, some of the major issues among managing the workforce these days? Well, there there is a fine line uh, for companies today uh, coming out of a, a very tough economy. Uh, it's up for opinion, opinion whether we're actually even out of it. Um, but as companies are looking to carefully uh, continue to grow or start growing again, um, it's they really need to make sure that uh, they have a, a few different things in place. Things that are not going to strap the organization to keep them from being able to financially grow. Uh, But they do want to make sure that uh, there are uh, benefits and that there are um, uh, items to engage the employee uh, to help with the retention. Uh, The reality is is that the the average cost to replace uh, an employee that jumps ship um, is about $25,000 to $35,000. And that is not a hard cost that most companies realize. They believe that by simply allowing for an employee to leave, they can fill that position. But the downtime or the ramp-up time that it takes for a new employee to come in and their training and their benefits and all of these different items, that is a hard, hard number to the bottom line that can affect um, where companies are. So today, uh, in today's environment, it is important that companies are looking to not only retain that top uh, talent, those top team members, but make sure that they are have the right processes in place to bring in uh, the same, if not better, talent as they continue to grow. Now, depending on the employee, um, it, are there different strategies to use to motivate and retain uh, different employees? I mean, I hear a lot about millennials. I hear a, little, a lot about uh, uh, people of, of my gender, the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, we don't have very many of the greatest generation still in the workforce, but as we age... Um, all of us have different ways, I guess, different things that 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 uh, keep us motivated. And is that diff- truly different by age group? Uh, it really is. Uh, we recently uh, presented a webinar uh, from Talent Quest uh, called Generation Why Should I Care? How to Engage Your Millennials Through uh, a Learning Management System. And it's specifically talking about training. But to give a little background, you mentioned um, uh, three of the four generations that are in the workforce today. You have the traditionalist or the mature, or as you mentioned, the the greatest generation ever, uh, followed by the baby boomers. Then you have the Generation X and then the current new crop of employees being the Generation Y or the millennials. Um, So how you... In what age group 
would that be? How, how do you cut the ages? I know I hate to be a generalist like that, but how do you cut the ages? Yeah, so um, starting from, you know, the, the millennials, uh, those are the, the individuals who are born around 1985 uh, until the end of 2000. Um, before that, you've got uh, 1970 to, you know, early 80s. I'm sorry, not 1970, um, about mid-60s to early 80s would be Generation X. Um, your baby boomers would be your, you know, 40s, 50s, early 60s, and then, mm-hmm. of course, the generation uh, before that. Um, so that's really kind of how that breaks down the thought process. Um, and again, it's generalizations about how each one is different from the next or how to best, uh, manage these employees. Uh, it's kind of a, a, a rule to that is just understand that each person is different despite their generation. Um, but even with the way that again, mm -hmm, each person is different despite their generation. Yeah. And so the reality. So one thing that really frustrates me is if when people don't see me as a unique individual, right? And I think it hurts everybody, right? And even when individuals relate to a specific generation by age or by habit, uh, it's still this is especially true mostly with the Generation X individuals. Um, they still want to be considered a true individual. Um, the reality is is that. F- a lot of times, though, the methods and systems you can put in place for managing groups uh, is most effective for those groups as a general rule. But even with um, what we're able to provide at Talent Quest is the, the, the uniqueness to get as granular as a employer would need to be um, to where things can be specific to just an individual or keeping it as a group, department, whatever you want to call it, or organizationally. It's uh, across the board. Um, Tell me a couple of differences that you see between a baby boomer, ba- baby boomer, mm-hmm. and a millennial. So uh, the baby boomer generation was when it comes to their career and their job, they are really focused more on the just leave me to my job type attitude. They want to go to work. They want to get it done. They then want to go home when it's all said and done, and they are fine with running across their manager. Uh, a couple times a month, or if it's not, you know, six months later for a, a biannual review, they're fine with that. Uh, they also are a generation that has been really more focused on the future thought financially, meaning they usually have a strong savings idea or a, um, a pension or um, a 401k stronger than generations after that. Whereas millennials are a lot more tech savvy. Um, they are usually looking for constant gratification, constant praise, and that comes from uh, really the way they were raised. But it's also because they have more of an idea around how they're affecting their world more than how they're affecting their own bank account. And so that's where, where you know, things are generationally uh, different between the two. Okay. Um, this is Joe Moss, and you're listening to On the Money, brought to you by Embassy National Bank. And we've got uh, uh, Matthew White from Talent Quest, and we're talking about your most important asset out there as a small business person, and that is your people. Um, so I've been uh, really excited about having Matthew on. Um, so go back to the millennials for a minute. They have a bigger world picture, you said? They do. They do. They are, you know, this is a generation that was raised 
working in homeless shelters, building houses for Habitat for Humanity, doing, you know, service uh, uh, projects, um, whether that was uh, their parents motivating them to do it, their own sense of, of uh, effectiveness on their world, or things related to school. Like never before, community service is a huge part of who these young people are. And they are, they are okay with going and making a paycheck and doing a job, and that's, that's what they ultimately know needs to be done. But how they are affecting all of that daily is important to them, where, again, you get back to some of the older generations. We look at the project as a whole, how we get to completion, whereas with millennials, most of the time, they are looking for a step-by-step understanding of what they've done right, what they need to work on, and then they can go to the next step. Um, and... Uh what about loyalty? Is that different across generations? It, it's really not. Um, there is a huge feeling in society that millennials are an extremely disloyal uh, group of people, that they have a me, me, me attitude. Uh, the reality is, is that um, while they may be about what they're going to ultimately do, it gets back to a systematic change that occurred by the employer, which was the employer used to see their employees as part of a big family. Employers eventually started to uh, stop having that mentality. People's employees started becoming expendable. Well, it affected the Generation X group more than anyone else, which was the group before the millennials. But now millennials are um, just as loyal as any other group as long as they are getting what they are looking for, which is, again, that constant praise. They're getting that constant gratification, that constant um, approval, uh, and knowing where their role is within the organization, how they can affect change, again, not only within the organization, but their whole world and within themselves as well. Uh, it's important to them. Their, their families, their career, and, and who they are as individuals uh, is very important to them. So the, the, to answer your question about loyalty again, no, I, I, I believe that millennials are, are just as loyal as any other group we've seen. Okay. And then uh, obviously uh, everybody wants to know what's going on outside of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So communication is probably cuts across it all too, right? right. So anybody that uh, the, the, the type of company that is good about communicating will also um, fill a lot of needs that people have as well. Correct. And uh, it's a good word there, communication, because we've, we've all been raised to understand that the goal of a successful relationship, personal relationship, is communication um, with your spouse, with your children. If you don't communicate, the, there's going to be something fall apart. The reality is, is the same thing within a business environment. Your communication with your employees, again, regardless of age or generational uh, classification, uh, the communication is huge. The reality is, though, is each group, even each individual, needs something different. And trying to do all of that without having a clear uh, plan, path, or even something that helps you to automate the process, um, that can be a disaster because you just end up being all over the place. And communicating with your team takes on a whole different idea depending upon who you're talking to. Um, Again, the millennial, they want... They want that praise, but they want it short and sweet. They do not want a big, long, you know, hey, you know, you've done all this in a two-page email. Uh, the Generation X, which, by the way, that's that's my generational group. Um, we, you know, we like to get the praise, but we don't need it that often. But we still don't like a whole lot because you got to capture us in the beginning. Um, baby boomers, it, you know, 
they may not even be in their email a whole lot. So walking by, shaking their hand, saying, hey, good job, that's what they're looking for. So that communication is key. But being able to uh, communicate that effectively across your organization and being able to make sure that everybody's on the same page, that is what being able to um, uh, bring technology into play helps companies to do. Um, all right, let's talk about the, your actual process. And, mm-hmm. and uh, as I've as I've looked at it and kind of think about it, the, the number one objective, I believe, is obviously retain your good people, but getting everybody aligned to the same set of goals. Right. So how do you do that? So walk me through that process. So if uh, in my daily, daily world where I'm speaking with an organization such as Embassy, um, I am not walking in with just a, a sheet of paper that says, here's five goals, this is what you need to do. Um, it's very important that we have a clear understanding of what the goals of the organization are. Um, because just as Embassy had a set of goals that they were wanting to implement for to be targets for their employees, uh, you may have a, a, a you know, community bank across the street has a completely different set of goals. You might have the same amount of assets, you might have the same number of employees, but you're not another Embassy National Bank. Um, so what we do in our process is we help for the client to identify the specific goals to their organization. Now, a lot of companies may not have an idea of what that entails, and they may not really have a starting point, which we can help them with, of course, is, is some ideas around that. But we help to develop their goals and competencies and put those in place so that they now have a clear path for what would eventually be their performance appraisal. Um, I know when the, the work that you've done with us, we started with the development. We started at the board level, and we've developed a strategic plan which evolves, evolves, evolves. That allows us to set out a whole set of initiatives that we want to try to accomplish, you know, first allowing us to define ourselves and then a set of initiatives. And then the next step that you're helping us with is just that. We're trying to take those overall initiatives and and put them down into the organization. Right. And that's important because when it comes to what an organization uh, of any size or any industry, but let's specifically talk about embassy, um, when you are looking to achieve the most out of your team, uh, you have to start at the top because you need to be able to clearly define what are the goals of our organization. And the people that are laying that out on a daily basis are going to be your, your board members, your president, your, your VPs of this, that, and the other, uh, making sure you have a clear idea of what they want to achieve. And then those can cascade down through your organization, your next level being your mid-level management and making sure that they have a clear understanding what it is that you're trying to achieve from the executive level. And then they can help to deploy that down to your your workers who are really the, the truly the backbone of being able to achieve all of that on a daily basis. Um, one of the things I've noticed, and you just, you're alluding to it, one thing I've noticed over the years is that um, we've gotten to a point where even someone who we call a worker is oftentimes smarter than the guy leading the company. And that's a phenomenon that, that a good leader has to acknowledge. But how do you handle all that? I mean, is that something – is that – am I on the mark here that the, the, uh, the, um, the difference – between someone at the top and someone at the bottom is not that great anymore? Uh, that is true. That is true. And I would say there's two things that come into play there. First is, is the uh, 
long living cliche and a belief I have, which is that great leaders surround themselves with people who are smarter than they are. And I think that that is uh, key to the success of an organization. Um, the definition behind that simply is, is that you don't know everything and making sure that you surround yourself with people that can help you to achieve those goals. That's what you do. Um, the other part though, is that you have people, individuals that are um, well-educated today. You have individuals that are well-trained, if an organization has those tools in place, uh, that it's not necessarily their desire to be the president or the, the CEO or whatever the title may be, um, but it is important to them to be a part to, of leadership and affecting change within the, the team as a whole. And that's where you get into, it's kind of coming full circle to what we're talking about, that um, being able to engage those employees to let them know that who they are, um, what their opinions are, uh, what their input can be, is vital to everyone. Um, Let me speak specifically to how we're structured at TalentQuest. We don't have glass offices that that the, the untouchables sit in. Um, I engage daily with our president and CEO, uh, Kevin Sessions and Frank Merritt, who um, are a resource to me. They are a part of what I can do to be able to find success, not only for Talent Quest, but again, for my clients, such as Embassy. I notice even your directors have work units. I mean, everybody's in a work unit. Correct. Uh, It's very impressive how you you do that. Um, So it starts at the board level. Is that fair? Uh, The whole human resource capital management process it's got to stop start at the board level it just can't be something that someone decides just to plug in one day i would agree with that okay um let's let's talk about a couple of other things in today's world where for example cnn just announces how many layoffs three thousand people Mm -hmm. i mean this whole restructuring thing is still going on probably it's just something we live with now uh, how do you, in a restructuring kind of world, how do you get? How do you keep your morale up? Right. So it, it can be tough, especially when you, um, you know, again using the CNN situation as an example. When you have been with a company that's got a, a strong name, uh, not even in the market but globally, uh, and then you hear that not only are there potential of layoffs, but we may completely move. Uh, that is tough for an employee to hear because um, now they have a choice, but hopefully they have a choice. They may not, but if they have a choice to continue with this employment, but you may have to move in this situation to New York, what do you choose? Uh, and again, getting back to one of my original statements, we are coming out of a rough economy and people still are not 100% comfortable with the job market. Um, so that does fall back to the employer. Um, how do you hold on to your top talent? Um, in this case scenario with CNN, they've gone through so many, you know, Turner's gone through so many purchases and acquisitions that they've just gotten diluted with a lot of different pieces and talent that they have to, you know, start to make some changes. Um, but when it comes to the, the morale of the employee, it does get back to engagement. Um, you know, you can't, uh, you can't, buy everybody a, you know, a, a gift basket and say, thank you, you know, see you later or, you know, whatever the case may be. Now, of course, some of these individuals will get very nice severance packages. But again, our topic today, the small business, how, you know, the small business can't provide that type of benefit. Right. So you, by engaging the employee, keeping the employee a part of um, what they're do- what you're doing um, is important. You know, for uh, CNN, they're about to lay off 2,000 employees. Well, the ones that they need to keep on, um, how are they going to keep them on? 
making sure that they are, one, well-educated, and I don't mean them going back to school, but I mean trained, um, getting your employees trained up on, on the changes. Um, effective change management. Uh, companies, this is a, a, a big change for the company and the people that now have to manage that change. Um, and then, you know, understanding that this is this is about people and their families. This is not, you're not just affecting one employee. Um, while a change needs to be made, those employees should know that this is, um, this is a bottom line um, decision that uh, unfortunately the company has to make. So keeping people in the loop, it's important. Um, now, in, the, in a world where, well, I, just if I could add to that, uh, one thing I've noticed is when there's a lot of change in the air, the people that leave are not the ones you want to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard an old expression back in the 80s when uh, when all the, you know, um, I guess the worst one was out there was Scott Paper. Wasn't that one of the Al Dunlop? They called Dunlap. They called him the chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Um, he made a, as re, when all that was going on, I was talking to a bunch of uh, HR people, and they said that uh, eagles soar and buzzards stay around to get shot. <laughs> And so when change starts to happen, uh, you're more at risk of losing your really good people than you are the ones that uh, are just kind of there. Uh, it's very true. Um, you know, there is a, uh, um old saying uh, as well that uh, CFO says to the CEO, um, what, if, uh, what if we train them and then they leave? CEO says back, well, yeah, but what if we don't train them and they stay? And it's really the same, it's really the same thing. Um, you know, as, as, as the world is changing and the economy is slowly getting better, people do see a few more opportunities. Um, if you're not providing the benefits and resources for employees to stay engaged, um, again, we're talking about a generation of people, specifically millennials, that by the end of this decade will make up 46% of the workforce. Uh, they need to be engaged. They need to be a part of what you're doing daily. And, um, you know, as people are moving up and moving out, uh, what's your next, who's next in line and how do you identify that? Um, again, at Talent Quest with our succession planning uh, module, uh, we do have the ability for companies to get visibility into their team to know who's next in line. And that's key for a company of any size is to know if Joe Moss moves out and moves on to, you know, Bank of America, who's the next person that can step in for Embassy National? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that's key. That's key. Um, is what's the number one thing that keeps someone uh, motivated in their job and wanting to stay in that job? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I think you get back to a generational question. Um, if is it money? It it not for everybody. Not for everybody. For my generation, it very much is. Um, I need to know, and I say I am speaking for Generation X. Um, I need to know uh, what my paycheck is going to look like every two weeks. Um, the baby boomer needs to, to have some comfort in knowing how much you're making, but they, again, they need to know uh, as, in the future when 65 rolls around or, or if they've done it right when 60 rolls around, you know, how much is going to be there. Um, for the millennial, it's not about money. It is about uh, knowing that they are valued, that their opinion matters, and knowing that they are um, uh, doing something that affects more than just them themselves. Well, let's talk about that because I've heard that before where uh, money is not the major, not the number one motivator. But let's talk about the, the millennials, for example. Um, so if 
if you've got a if you've got an individual who's good at what they do, um, uh, they're being well communicated with. They know what path they're on. They think that whoever they're working for is has got the greater good in mind and you know working on the big picture. They're quite happy. And then that phone rings and there's a thirty five percent increase on the other end of the phone. Mm-hmm. Are you saying they may just say no? I don't want to talk to you. No, it's not always that. It's not always the fact of uh, of that because I think a thirty five percent increase is going to probably tempt just about anybody. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, let's regardless of what that is, if but they uh, won't start looking. I guess is the best way to say that. Right. I, okay. I, I think that if you are good at what you do, you're going to end up on people's radar and they're going to come calling. Um, but regardless of that, I, I think that specific, specifically speaking to millennials, uh, when you feel valued in your job and daily, um, that changes things for the millennial. Um, yeah, the pay increase, they may look at and have a bigger picture of, you know, the student loans. Because, again, remember, this is a generation that is going to be uh, have a higher level of education than any before. Um, they actually have the highest graduation, college graduation rate of any generation. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to have some debt, but that's, that's not what their focus is. Uh, they are going to really look at the, ex, the extenuating benefits, the additional benefits they can get, and uh, compare that um, more so than, again, my generation would. You call me with, uh, you know, my generation with a 35% increase, yeah, we're probably going to quickly do that math and, and make that decision. Um, so yeah, it's, it is about the engagement of the employee. Um, boy, we have so much to cover. Um, talk about, um, the commonalities, uh, between generations. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about some of the commonalities. We all like to be communicated with. Mm-hmm. We all like to need, we'd, we'd like to know that what our goals are. Correct. Correct. We, Really, we do like to know where the company's going right. and what the company's doing. So right. those are some common elements that go right across, mm-hmm. correct? Correct. Um, and so that if you're a small business person, at least focus on those common things. Correct. I would, I would agree with that. Um, all right, let's, let's get into uh, the different – you have a spectrum of, of items that you deal with on the talent side. Mm-hmm. The first one is the hire. Correct. Talk about the importance of the hire. How do you go about doing a good hire? Some of the things you should look for, analyze. Uh, just talk about the hire for a minute. Right, right. So uh, most companies feel that by uh, getting applications in and then sitting down and reading through applications, uh there's a lot of different services and software out there that can keyword it, meaning that, you know, an HR person uh, finds, you know, I, I need these five characteristics and then they can easily cut that down. But again, speaking that that's really something more on the high end for a, a mid mid market or mid sized business for the small business. It is a matter of taking in a bunch of applications and reading through them. Uh, and the reality is, is that there's two things in that process. There's only so much you can garner from reading a piece of paper. And then people are able to really put on a great show when they're in person for an interview. Uh, Through a selection assessment, uh, you can uh, really delve into uh, the the cognitive and behavioral uh, aspects of an individual. Uh, And there's a bunch of of different ones out there. But um, 
jumping online and grabbing one is not going to get you what you want to because uh, there's there's one, uh, the one that we have is a TQ-16, and that's one we've developed in-house with our team. And it can actually um, start to, to dig a little bit deeper to, to see traits in what may not be truthful answers. Uh, so it's it's a great tool. Yeah, because it's, it's uh, hard as an interviewer, it's hard uh, for me to make sure in a 30-minute session whether somebody is the right person for the job right um and and the other risk is that even if you grab a tool and you think you know that tool you may over rely on that tool as well correct so if you're going to use a tool you need to have several i would think that assess different things right and um how long should that hiring process take uh should you should you get in the habit of you know, applications in thirty minutes. Boom, make a decision. What should you What should you do? Well, let me let me first back up and address something that you said there about you know making sure you have multiple uh, tools in place to address the different parts. Um, I prefer to have one that does it all, and that's why I'm a little partial to sure. the TalentQuest TQ16. Um, but really, the process of hiring. I mean, that's that's going to be um, different from organization to organization. Again, the way that we, uh, I specifically do it as a regional sales manager and as a consultant, is I look at, I have to look at everyone individually because each company is different. So. You know, the process, if you have a good selection assessment in place, the process is cut down drastically. It may be that you need to fill, uh, you know, you need to fill a um, uh, mortgage lender position uh, by October 1st. Um, You know, if you want to not feel rushed through the decision process, you know, four weeks might be a good time to get some applications in, trim that down to, you know, say you get 20, uh, trim that down to the 10 you actually want to interview, trim that down to the five you want to do a selection assessment around, and that's going to help you to to find that one, maybe two individuals that um, uh, you would like to be a part of your team. Now, in in an environment where you may have uh, 25 to 50 employees, can you... Can you can someone afford to go through that kind of process, or is there a is there a slim down version of all that? Yeah, for sure. So um, we we have a couple of uh, uh, packages that uh, talent quest that we've developed. That um, uh, if you're talking about uh, the the cost specifically, it's our small business um, uh, offering for for companies, and uh, it it really does help to ease the burden of these different steps. It's a it's a multiple multifaceted uh, offering that we have, uh, but it really does ease the burden for organizations. Um, you know, we would, if you were going to do your selection assessments as a one-off, which we offer as well, um, we would not recommend, you know, doing every single person you get an application for. But as you cut that down and you start finding the candidates that on paper and in front of you look good, mm-hmm. we can help you take it to that next level and kind of get delve into the mind of the individual. How important is the hire? That's a softball question, by the way. How yeah. important is the hire? Uh, not at all. No, um, it's uh, it, obviously it's the most important piece of the entire process um, because um, every single person that works for the organization, except for the person that started it, was hired, and there's a reason they were hired. And the people that are still with you five, ten, twenty years later, um, you did something right. Uh, most likely, though, when you started that company and when you started hiring these people, you were able to sit down and have some lunch and really get a feel for them. As you continue to grow, as the small business moves from 5 and 10 to 50 and 60 to 100 and 200 employees, you don't have that luxury anymore. So being able to have tools in place to effectively determine the individuals that are going to 
best represent your organization. Um, that's what you need to be able to have in place. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point because I was at a conference yesterday listening to a banker talk about his company. and He had 1,500 employees, and he was bragging about how they maintain this customer uh, focus all the way through the organization. And, and my question, my thought was, how does he know? And right. I guess it has to do with what process he has in place. Mm-hmm. And you've just got to filter all those goals just consistently down through the organization. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and the key is to make sure, you're, you know, he's you, the person you spoke to is talking about, you know, he knows what's going on with his customers. Um, that starts making sure you have the right touch on every customer. And that, again, gets back to having the right people in place. Um you mentioned it a couple of times already, how this is the um, greatest asset to any business, regardless of size. It's also the greatest expenditure. So would you rather spend a couple hundred dollars more to help find those right people? Or would you rather spend, I don't know, twenty five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 in a year when it didn't work out and you have to find someone to replace them? Uh, I think I would do a lot more work up front. Right. right. I've heard the old expression, slow to fire. So I'm sorry, slow to hire. Quick to fire. Correct. Um, but I think if you're slow to hire, you probably don't have to worry about that fire word. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, and then the next level, we've talked about it, and and um, and it helps us kind of to start summarizing here. But uh, you, you go through the hiring process. Then you go through the goal establishment process mm-hmm. so that you, everybody understands what their piece of the pie is and how they fit. Right. And the next step is then... Uh, Review, I would think. Correct. Okay. Correct. Now, this 360 review deal is out there, and that's probably subject for a whole nother show, the whole review process, but is 360 review a good thing to do? So um, a 360 uh, review or survey, it's called a number of things, just a straight 360, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it is important to do because it provides um, a visibility. And now we get away from looking at the corp- the company as a whole, which, you know, a employee engagement survey can do. Um, we also get away from the behavioral pieces of a, the person you're interviewing, which assessments will do. With the 360, you're now really taking a look at the individuals that make up your organization individually. So those individual people looking at them as a single entity. Uh, with a 360, it gives you a full range view from their direct reports, their peers, their coworkers, their managers. Um, some companies, a lot of companies stop there. Um, but a, a good 360, I'm kind of partial to one myself, uh, it allows for you to include internal and external vendors as well as internal and external customers. And employees. Uh, exactly. And that would be the direct reports of the coworkers and peers. And, um, again, what it does, it gives you a view into how that individual is affecting those that they have a touch on every single day. Uh, and that starts to then help you to develop the coaching and training and development plan for that individual that, again, is helping your organization. Most, most companies um, at some point uh, include this with the, their executives um, right out of the gate, and then they start looking, at, and then it flows down from there. Start at the top, right? Exactly. I start mean, that's kind of a mantra across all this. Goals. Right. Start at the top. Uh, this whole process, start at the top. Correct. Uh, you've got to implement it up top. Uh, it just can't be something that the board decrees and then leaves themselves out of it. Correct. Correct. 
Um, we're kind of running out of time, but um, I'd, I would like for you to kind of um, summarize maybe mm-hmm. about what you think some of the real key points are in terms of maximizing your talent. Right. Well, I think that it's important that regardless of the size of the company, that the employer understands that uh, you have the ability to have tools in place that large corporations can have as well. Uh, And uh, with a company such as TalentQuest, we can help you to develop and structure that that's going to most effectively help your business. And, um, you know, understand that that range of it costs $25,000 to $35,000 to replace an employee that's not something that's just exclusive to a, a 50,000 employee company. Your 50 man shop also has the same problem, except that it's magnified because you are the one that is having to manage the entire process. So now you are having to take away from running that business daily to go try to find a new employee and hire them. Um, with an automated process in place, an automated platform such as TalentQuest, uh, it does provide for you to um, uh, simplify those steps. It takes uh, a lot of the burden off of you as the owner. But again, it's uh, the, the struggles that we have, it's not exclusive to, to large corporations. In fact, it's probably worse for the small business. Um, I think it's more important for small business, to be quite honest with you. I would agree. Um, you know, we're going through it right now at, at, at our bank. We're um, trying to get everybody all lined up and getting ready for the next year. And, you know, in, in the banking world, uh, we've come through this uh, – this environment where it's just trying to get through the next day. Right now, we're in a position where we're kind of looking forward to say, "What are we going to do next?" Um, I suspect there are a lot of small businesses, irrespective of the industry, doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And now it's time to really start paying attention to those things that uh, we were paying attention to potentially before the Great Recession. Right. But now it's coming back to where we really got to take note again. I agree. I agree. Um, well, listen. Um, Matthew, thanks so much for being here today. Well, thank you for having me, Jeff. And um, I will say that uh, we do use TalentQuest. We uh, uh, started and um, uh, run by a gentleman by the name of uh, Frank Merritt, Um, but uh, his people and the employees there are wonderful, top drawer. We we have a good relationship with Matthew. We love their piece of software. Uh, It's very, very efficient and allows you really to drive this process home, and we're in the process of rolling that out. So um, don't ignore your people. The number one asset, I don't care how big you are as an organization, how small you are, the number one asset that can make – that's the one thing that you have different from anybody else is your staff. Correct. Um, So pay attention to it. Uh, Use – Use Talent Quest. They can help even the smallest company. And, um, you know, and uh, again, thank you so much. We'll probably have you on again to uh, kind of dig into some of these things a little bit deeper. Anytime. Thank you, Jeff. Okay. All right, everybody. That wraps it up for the week. And uh, we'll get back to you next week. Haven't scheduled what we're going to do next week, but we'll be, I'm sure it'll be uh, insightful and, and uh, help and be very helpful. So um, until then, This is Joe Moss of On the Money, brought to you by Embassy National Bank. And make it a great week, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye.